0: The winter storm warning remains in effect until midnight with an overnight low near 20, and schools are already announcing delays for tomorrow. Liberty, Livingston Manor, Monticello, Roscoe, Tri-Valley Central Schools are all on a two-hour delay Tuesday, as well as Sullivan County Bosey's, the Center for Discovery, Sullivan County Head Start, Middletown City and Pine Bush Central Schools in Orange County, and the Wayne Highland School District in PA all on a two-hour delay. Eldred and Fallsburg Central Schools are on a three-hour delay tomorrow morning. This is WJFF.
1: Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people, whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, From the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. The 50th anniversary of Woodstock is coming to a conclusion in Sullivan County, New York. The last few days I've spoken to people about why they came to Sullivan County or why they were marking this 50th anniversary, what the significance is of that watershed moment in our history and looking at its connection to the present. I'll be sharing these conversations with you in the coming weeks and for now I've reached into the cupboards of the beeline and I'm sharing an episode on farming. After all, the Woodstock Festival in 1969 happened on Maxi Asger's Dairy Farm. I love going to my farmer's market. I think about it during the winter. I think of all of that produce and talking to the farmers and picking out the foods for my meals and how valuable that is.
2: And them as the final Well, music
3: well is farming. Be careful what you planted. I miss and make sure we plant soul food. Or else your soul's gonna be starving. The music well is farming. Higher meditation. I know
4: that music video structure. I'm telling you, farming,
1: the nation, you know. Mary Tonjes, hello. How are hello. you? Welcome. Are you? Speaking of dairy farms, we have a dairy farmer
2: here, don't we? <laughs> hello, Mary. I'm so glad that you're able to join me. Well, where are you located? Our farm is in, uh, well, it's sandwiched between Jeffersonville and Calhoun, New York in Sullivan County. Um, it's a second generation farm. So it's, on the small side and we chose to keep it on the small side rather than go to like a big uh, freestyle operation. Just the way our land is set up, it just manages a smaller herd better you know without kind of pushing the land too much. So our cows are grazed outside, um, they all fit in the barn and then we set up our milking system or our cheese operation where as the cows are milked, the milk goes directly into our cheese house and then we set it right away so the milk never has to be stored at any point or shipped or moved around which which helps for the physical composition of the milk when you're making cheese
1: and that allows for you then
2: to have raw milk cheeses um the the raw the raw milk designation comes from if you do not pasteurize your milk before you make the hard cheese it's considered a raw milk cheese um you're required to keep it for 60 days age at least 60 days that's the minimum okay um, and you have cheeses and yogurt. And we make yogurt. We make mozzarella. Uh, we make fromage blanc. It's really delicious, and it's something people don't know about. It's a real simple. And then you can take it and either use it with fruit, go with a little bit on the sweet side, or you can just use it as a spread on bread. Or it's it's just a great basic, you know, simple delicious you know, food item that, that people sort of overlook. Okay. Um, that's a good one. And um, buttermilk? We have buttermilk. And For people that love buttermilk, this is great buttermilk because it's whole milk, um, it's cultured, it's bottled right away, it's, mm-hmm. you know, people always ask us in New York, is it fresh? And um, it, <laughs> yes, it was only, mi- it was just milk two days ago. <laughs> I mean, it just arrived on the face of the earth, you know. Just just came out of the cow. <laughs> so you were saying you're a second
1: generation farmer then right. here in the county. Right. So what size then? You were saying you keep everything very manageable. What does that mean? How many Um, cows do you have? How much land do you have to have then?
2: We keep a milking herd of about 50. We raise our own replacements, which means there's no new animals introduced. We sort of know the genetics of what we have. Cows stick around for a long time. You know, I think Fifi was 16 before she finally left, gray hair and all. Fifi. Uh, what kind of cow was Fifi? We have only Holsteins. <laughs> so, so we still do we still do milk production and, and our milk goes out and gets bottled and shipped with you know with a regular shipper. Okay. Um but we would prefer, and it seems to be better for everybody, that um that we've gone ahead and processed our own milk and then you make it available really quickly and it's really fresh and it like I say, it hasn't been moved around, it hasn't been altered, you know, it hasn't been separated, it hasn't been mechanically handled so it's just a very fresh product and and really you know it's really nutritious and yeah it uh, it lets people get fresh stuff really fast
1: thank you mary i am at eminence road
2: farm winery which is
1: located in long Eddy, new york hello what's your name
3: my name is jennifer clark we're up in long Eddy, uh in the southern tip of delaware county we can see sullivan county from our front porch
1: so how far is that from here liberty new york
3: We're about 45 minutes northwest of here.
1: And how long have you lived there?
3: Uh, We uh, have been there for about eight years and full-time for about two and a half years now.
1: And where did you move there from?
3: We were in central New Jersey and working in the city.
1: So what led you to have a winery? What kinds of wine do you produce? I'm looking at some different bottles here. I've tried your apple wine, which is really delicious, and uh, served that with the picnic.
3: Oh, wonderful. Well, we um, have just bottled this past Sunday uh, Cabernet Franc, the first red wine of the season. That is tasting really, really delicious. It's a more medium-bodied uh, food wine with some nice kind of raspberry fruit flavors. Um, we started this year with the Chardonnay that was uh, really dry, crisp, and sold out in about two and a half weeks, so <laughs> we had to wait until we had the next wine, which was the apple. And said Cabernet Franc is our first red wine and then still in tanks are a Cabernet Sauvignon and a Gewurztraminer.
1: What led you to having a winery? Where do the grapes come from? What's the process like and also what kinds of apples do you use for your apple wine?
3: Okay, well we decided to open a winery because we love the area so much and we specifically love the farmers market and the whole atmosphere here and we felt that uh, good food wines were missing from this area. And so we had enough of working in the city and decided this is how we were going to support ourselves up here. And so while we have about 300 vines planted where we are, we're not using the grapes from our property yet. Um, It's very hard in this area with late frost in the spring and early summer. But the grapes come from the Finger Lakes. Um, We work with some growers on the east side of Lake Seneca. And the apples actually come from um, Tom Maynard's farm over in the Hudson Valley. And we use a basic cider blend, which is um, Empire, Macintosh, and Golden Delicious.
1: And what is the process like then from the collecting of the apples and the grapes to me enjoying a glass (laughs) of your wine?
3: Well, we do it simply and naturally as possible. So uh, when, with the apples, we will actually start with the fresh pressed apple cider and bring that back. With the grapes, we actually have the grapes and we bring them back and, and crush them with our feet, uh, very manual and natural. And uh, with the whites, they're pressed pretty much right away. The reds, we let sit on the skins uh, for a couple of weeks. We Keep an eye on that. Then they go into stainless steel tanks to ferment, and we don't add anything. We don't add any yeast or enzymes or sugars or or manipulate it in any way except just to keep an eye on it, taste it, uh, rack it off the lees when needed. Um, The lees are the kind of broken-down yeast that will settle out of the wine, and we just keep tasting it until it's ready to bottle and then once we are ready to bottle we don't uh, filter it or fine it so there may be a little bit sediment in some of the bottles but we find that filtering tends to take out a lot of the great flavors in the wine
1: so of course i'm curious if you have pressing parties where people can help with that activity of pressing with the feet i'm thinking of i love lucy and that incredible episode It's a little bit like that. Um, this year we are doubling production um,
3: since it has uh, seemed to work out. We will, may need some help this year. We'll see how it goes, but it's, um, it's a little bit tricky because it's all depending on when the grapes are ripe, and we get maybe a day or two notice before we have to go up and pick up the grapes. So if we're lucky, we have some friends around who can come over and help.
1: well count me in that sounds like a lot of fun how many markets are you at
3: Uh, we've done a few different markets this year Um, we have been here at Liberty as well as uh, Calicoon and we did a couple of markets in Jeffersonville and Connie lake we're also in Berryville on Saturdays so we've been all over
1: thank you so much thank you I see some blueberries and tomatoes have a seat Hello. Hi. What's your name? Uh, Matt. Matt?
5: Oh, uh, remember you didn't pay for that stuff yet, Matt. Oh, that's right. I owe Seth money for these tomatoes. I get to eat all the blueberries now. Would are you, you going like, to share? Do you like a blueberry? <laughs> yes. You never. They're good for about three miles. Because if you, if you have to go farther than three miles, you'll never get home with a full thing of blueberries.
1: Because they're too delicious and you can't keep your hands out of they're them? They're
5: too good. They're, they're too good to let go of.
1: They are delicious. Matt, what's your full name?
5: Uh, Matthew Horanick.
1: Do you live in Sullivan County?
5: I have a weekend place in Sullivan County.
1: Matt's wife right here. Slide over, Matt. No, no, I'm going to get the over.
5: I have to give my wife money to support these guys. Hold on. Don't forget to pay Seth.
1: So Seth is one of the farmers. His stand is right outside the door of my trailer here, and you brought some blueberries in, and I see tomatoes in your bag. We've
5: just begun, so I have a lot more to do, but Seth's always the first stop, particularly if he has blueberries, because then I get to eat them all.
1: I guess you didn't expect that you'd be sharing them with me today.
5: Well, that's okay. He's at least got a few more pints, and I could buy one more, so I'm happy to share with you.
1: So I asked you if you're from here, and you were starting to respond.
5: I have a weekend place in Miles' which is just over the hill as the crow flies, and I grew up uh, in upstate New York, and but I live in Brooklyn now.
1: Okay. And what brings you here then from Miles'? Uh,
5: well, we, in the summer, try to come up on... A Friday to stay till a Monday, so we sort of stock up on a Friday, come to the farmers market, get whatever we need for the weekend, and then if we blow through all of that on by Sunday morning, we see all these guys again Sunday in Calicoon.
1: Exactly right. There, many of the same farmers vendors are in Calicoon on Sundays, and uh, it's great that way uh, because sometimes you know it's. Hard to resist the delicious fruit and not to eat it really quickly and the beautiful greens and the fresh ears of corn and all those things. So often in the summertime they do go quite fast.
5: It goes really fast. And like I said, the blueberries go really really fast.
1: So living in Miles is do you then end up coming down this way at all other than the farmers market?
5: You know, Liberty seems to be more of a place we pass through than we stop, except for the farmers market. I mean I think half the Half the reason is that when we get off at Liberty, coming up from Brooklyn, all we can think about is getting up to the house. So you really sort of put the pedal to the metal. Actually, I've been ticketed more often through Liberty than any other place, trying to get there as, as quickly as possible. And that's
1: funny because the only two tickets I've re- speeding tickets I've received in my life have been in Liberty.
5: Yeah, I am. I'm, I think I'm in the same boat. <laughs> Fifty-five and a thirty-five, just as you leave town.
1: <laughs> yeah. Watch
5: out for that sign right by the church.
1: Oh that's that's so funny. So do you try to eat locally grown foods and fresh foods and possibly organic foods as well?
5: We try to eat as much local and to buy as much local and to be a part of the production. Um, like we've been raising some pigs with with some neighbors up here in Miles is sort of starting a little pig co-op and trying to keep everything as local and as central as possible. Um, and when we can't, we're buying organic whenever we can or naturally raise meats whenever we can. And for us, it's not so important that we're buying organic here as much as we're buying uh, from local farmers.
1: From local. What would you say then your relationship is to coming up here to the country? You live in Miles' You come to the Liberty Farmer's Market each Friday on your way from the city to your house upstate. What kind of role does it serve in your life to have this place to get away to up here?
5: Well, it's first of all, it grounds us. Um, it re- it brings me back to a place where I was growing up. Uh, you know, I grew up only an hour from where my house is now. And now that I have a three year old daughter, I think that relationship is really good to have, particularly when she's being raised in a, a much more aggressive urban environment than I was ever raised. So to have that balance for her, and to get for for us to get back to where we sort of came from, is uh, I think a very very important and a priority to us.
1: And would you ever think of, do you think, moving up here full time or You know, we not? talk about
5: it every week. Every weekend we're up here, we talk about it. Um, I think there's some realities that are keeping us from it, but who knows? That may change.
1: And are those career
5: It's, yeah, it's definitely, realities it's definitely and kind of reality. economic? Absolutely. Would I love to grow blueberries and raise pigs and maintain the lifestyle that I have? Yeah, I would love that. I don't think I have the endurance for it and I think it takes a very, I think these guys are really special and I think they're, you know, I don't, I don't think I have that in me right now, Mm -hmm. so.
1: It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. For not a lot of money and often debt and.
5: One little blip on the uh, environmental scale and there goes, you know, a good part of your profit. Yeah, it's a, that's why we're here to support them as much as we can.
1: Well, Matt, thank you so much for You're coming into Trailer Talk and for bringing blueberries with you. You want
5: a, another handful before I leave?
1: Yes, thank right, you. Right.
5: Right. See you later.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Seth.
0: I'm Carly Arnold.
1: What is your interest, Carly, in sustainable agriculture and organic produce? And why are you an intern at this right. Butternut Valley Organic Farm?
0: Um, well, I grew up on an organic dairy and uh, actually we went organic in 98 and you know before that I was definitely a Campbell's Soup and Kellogg baby and it, you know as we started treating our cows differently you know we started eating differently ourselves and you know we got into this circle where we just you know learned more and more about what was actually happening to our food and I think because I eat you know that's why I'm here um, I really care about what happens and um, also just you know health issues like Within my immediate community, all the people that are getting cancer who have actually, you know, worked on conventional farms, and I just feel like that correlation is too bold for me to ignore.
1: And is that because of the pesticides used? You, you the, know,
0: that's my gut feeling. That's your feeling about it? Yeah. Um. My father has has Parkinson's disease now, and he, you know, got it when he was 50. And seeing the toll that that's taken on his life, it it's just one more reason for me to do what I'm doing.
1: And Carly, you said you grew up on a dairy farm Mm -hmm. and it turned organic in 1998 Mm -hmm. and you're currently interning for Butternut Valley Organics, which is a farm stand here that Mm -hmm. sells fresh organic eggs and fruits and vegetables, mostly Um, vegetables. Just vegetables, yeah, right now. So, Butternut Valley Organics sells fresh eggs and vegetables. What was the difference then on your farm before and after the dairy farm that you grew up on went organic?
0: Uh, Well, for one, the cow health was amazing. We started, the big deal for us was when we went from being confinement feeding our, our cows and having them indoors most of the time to letting them out on pasture. And that was in 1991. And, you know, seeing the cows, I remember as a child, you know, every spring when we started letting them out, they just, they would run down there. The whole idea of hightailing it, you know, their tails were up in the air and going out and you knew that they were just so excited to to be out there. Um, So their feet and their legs, I mean, they were just getting more exercise, getting vitamin D from the sun and just so much healthier in general. Um, So that was the beginning. And then after we let go of using hormones and things like that, we realized there were other, you know, natural methods. Now we use a bull um, to help and other things like that just made us feel that it's, it was a little, if we were to go back and, you know, we weren't organic, we would still never do some of the things that we did before because they just seem irrelevant and um, we just don't believe in them anymore. Mm, mm. And
1: where is the farm you grew up on?
0: Um, In Truxton, New York, near Cortland. It's uh, probably like two hours from here, two and a half.
1: And you're now, Carly Arnold, interning on an organic produce farm. Yeah. And do you see yourself becoming a farmer? What, what is your interest in farming and sustainable agriculture?
0: Right. Um, I don't know if I see myself day in and day out. I mean, it's a huge commitment. It's every day, and it's a long day. Um, But I do see myself being committed to the link between farmer and consumer, whether that means I'm selling into farmer's market or helping produce them or helping farmers. I I see myself in there somewhere um, just being part of the change toward a more local food system, a more uh, chemical-free food system. Um, But where I fit in, I'm not quite sure yet. Mm -hmm. And Carly, where are some of
1: the other places then that Butternut Valley Organics goes? You mentioned Roscoe and Calicoon. Mm -hmm. Are there other...
0: Um, Not in this area. We also go down to some Westchester markets, uh, Larchmont, Bronxville, Rye, Piermont, Mm -hmm. um, and do those as well.
1: So now you come in from upstate New York to this farmer's market on Fridays. Do you have any opportunity to find out about... The town of Liberty at all, or Um, even Sullivan County, because you spend days here,
0: right? Uh, A little bit more so, like in Westchester County, I get to I I go to Larchmont every week, and I'm not. This is only my second time to Liberty, but I've enjoyed like walking around um, when I do have time, and more for me, I guess it's just been the conversation between the customers and myself, you know. And once you develop that rapport, you're like, "How was your week?" and you have you know, questions from last week, how they liked their products or how their vacation was. And that's that's one of the reasons I think farmers markets are so special is that person to person, you know, connection and conversation that you have.
6: I am Linda Smith and I'm a vendor here. I'm from Franklin, New York, and I sell goat cheese. We always had goats, you know, one becomes two, becomes four and eight and then ten um, and our kids were all involved in 4-H growing up so the goats served a purpose and then we got to a point we have all this these goats and all this milk what do we do I started making cheese in 93 um, we were a family operation
1: what kind of goats do you have
6: 90 percent of our goats are all alpines and that's what we started with they can come in any color combination but pure white uh, so they are they can be tan, brown, white with black spots, black with white stripes, all different kinds. And they have the upright ears. They milk well. They milk long. By the second or third year that they can have kids, they usually have three, sometimes four. That's a lot because they're not that big when you think about it. Right. Um, and we like them to milk for nine or ten months out of the year. They always get bred in the fall, and they always have their kids in the spring, anywhere from February till June or July.
1: What is your relationship with your goats? How would you describe it? Oh,
6: they're sweet. I mean, you can get mad at them, of course. But we have, you know, learned over the years to have really good doors with really good gates and hooks that they cannot open. <laughs> we build high so they cannot jump. And um, they're just, you can't help but love that love them they're easy to take care of basically
1: do you have a personal relationship with them or does it stay kind of a oh, no, business well, sort no, of no, relationship no. you all
6: have your favorites right. every year you pick out one that she's just the best she's beautiful she milks well maybe she doesn't but you know you just kind of pick her out like i picked out a yearling this year i just love her She's not actually one of our Alpines. She's a different breed. She's the ones with the real tiny ears. They're called La Manchas. She's just really, really sweet. And actually, she's very sweet because um, we send a couple kids every year over uh, goat kids to the farmers museum in cooperstown that they keep on their farm for the summer they're really nice when they come back because they do spoil them what
1: happens to the goats let's just broach this subject when they get old and
6: decrepit they're like me they're going to get put out to pasture <laughs> really if they've milked for us and have been mm-hmm. a good part of the herd and when they're nine or ten usually we don't
1: breed them after they're ten
6: they get to hang out.
1: They hang out at your farm? Yeah. And how long will they live our, at that point? Our oldest
6: have been 15.
1: Oh.
6: Um, trust me, by the time they're getting that old, they look pretty like your old granny. Wow. <laughs> the old girls get to, to hang
1: out. They get to go to pasture and munch yeah. the grass.
4: Scott Daniel Trapani.
1: Trapani Farms. And where are you from? What?
4: Milton, New York.
1: How far is Milton, New York from Liberty?
4: It's about 50 miles. We own about 100 acres of mainly apples, maybe 2 acres of uh, vegetables, but we farm around 150. We rent some farms nearby just to get the production up. We mainly grow apples. We grow 23 different varieties of apples.
1: 23 varieties? 23 varieties. What are some of those varieties of apples?
4: Um, Our main ones are Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, Empire, Honeycrisp. Mm. Honeycrisp. That's
1: awesome. my favorite yep. apple. They're not in season yet, not, right?
4: No. Nope. I wish.
1: That is my favorite apple, the Honeycrisp. Yep. Um, Gala. Gala and
4: Fuji. That's probably the main ones we grow.
1: And where do you mostly sell your apples to? Down the city. Oh, Bronx you, Terminal. Bronx Terminal? Yep. So for supermarkets yeah. and things like that. So you go down there? Yep. And that's where they distribute them out, right? To different yep. markets? Yeah, right down there. Do you know... What kind of apple production happens in New York State?
4: I know New York's the, the second biggest grower. So New in York the State is
1: the second largest grower of yeah, apples.
4: Compared as compared to Washington. Washington. Oh, okay.
1: So Washington is number one, and New York State is number two for yeah, as far as, apple production. As far as I know, we still are. That's amazing. And you were saying you farm about 150 acres, and you grow 23 different kinds of apples. What kinds of apples do you have now?
4: We have um, the first apples that we had were Puritans. Now we have Polar Reds, and we're going to be getting into Macintosh and Jonamax.
1: And what about the Honey Crisps?
4: Honey Crisps are 1st of September. Okay. From the 1st of September to mid-September, depending on weather.
1: And do you form any kinds of relationships with the customers who come here to the Liberty Farmers Market that you see each week, in terms of getting to know faces? Yes, definitely. And,
4: you know, I give people deals that people that come in quite often feel it's the right thing to do to reward someone that, it's coming out and supporting the farmers because we appreciate it as much as they appreciate the fresh fruit, fresh produce.
1: Scott Trapani, what is your day like then? What is it like to be on an apple farm and working that? What what is does a kind of, of what is a normal day consist of? I haven't
4: had a normal day lately. Lately, um, because we're building we're building a new packing facility and cold storage facility. It's going to be a six thousand foot, six thousand square foot facility. So. We're constantly doing things to prep that, getting the plumbing in lately. We've been having problems with getting the plumbing, getting the electric in. It's just That's been our main focus lately, but on the side, I'm trying to keep the orchards maintained, keep our workers maintained, keep everything going for harvest, because harvest is right around the corner.
1: Right, so the main harvest is coming up, right, yeah. September, yep. October, with apples?
4: Yeah, we're we're basically getting right into it right now. We've been picking... A couple days now.
1: Has your apple farm been at all influenced by a movement towards using less chemicals and pesticides and by the growth of the organic market?
4: Um, it has been influenced by that. I mean, not on a huge production. We try with the vegetables and some of the smaller stuff to spray as least amount as possible. But we also have, a, with a new style of planting, we, c- we can spray every other row with smaller dwarf trees. Okay. Which, in return, puts less uh, pesticide residue on the apples.
1: So you're trying to use less of them? Yeah, we're
4: trying, trying as much as we can.
1: And what is the challenge? Why not go in the direction of not using it's, any? What, what is that like?
4: They, I mean, we have a chemical advisor, and he, uh, he speaks to us, and he says uh, "To people are trying organic on small scale, and because of that, they have to put out 17 sulfur sprays which is just covering apple scab, which as compared to putting out five or six when you're using a fungicide, which really isn't, it's not deadly. It's just killing fungus. And, um, you know, that comes to an economical issue of if you can afford the fuel, putting out 17 tanks on 100 acres or, you know, whatever Mm. it might be. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: And that's 17 plus the 17 that you normally do. So you can imagine that's over 100 sprays just for that
1: how many years does an apple tree produce apples
4: well they take um, on average two to three years after you plant them they're usually two to three years old when you plant them and then after that two to three years to actually start producing so from the time they're they're seeded and planted you won't get a production for five years Mm -hmm. but you can have production out of trees up until 30 years 40 years.
1: Well, thank you so much, Scott oh, no Trapani from Trapani's Farms, which is mostly an apple farm. Yep. You also, you said you have a couple of acres of vegetables that you grow. You have about 150 acres of apple trees yep. and you grow 23 varieties. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power, Roots Underground, Farming, from the album, Movement. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit TrailerTalk.net. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels.
4: WJFF needs new on-air volunteers to start our broadcast day. Announce the weather, local events, and more during NPR's Morning Edition and Weekend Edition. You don't need prior radio experience, but you do need to know how to use a PC.
1: Call 845-482-4141 to find out more. That's 845 845-